This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short routes. Boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is reception. Reception. The show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception. Perception, The show. Big time week four is almost in the books here, Matt, as we record on a Monday afternoon before the Monday Night Football game. How you doing, pal? I'm doing good, man. You know, it's um, we're, we're kind of getting to a point of the season where, I, I don't know, you want to start to say that things are normalizing, things are sort of getting to a point of <laughs> expectations, but then other teams, like, it, it is funny that, like, the NFL season, we want to try to say that things are what they are. I mean, and there are certain teams, it's like, okay, you, you get it. Like, the Carolina Panthers, for example. I mean, they're a dumpster right. fire. Like, there's no saving them. They're, they're, <laughs> go ahead and, go ahead and put, like, file that away. Like, we, we know what's going on bury there. Bury them, all right. Yeah. Bury, yeah, you can go ahead and, you can go ahead and bury them. I mean, we've got headlines okay. like, oh, Sam Darnold's not ready to come off of IR. Or he's, you know, he's eligible to come off IR, but he's not ready to come back yet. And you're like, oh, darn it like and that's where that's 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 where you're at if you're a Carolina Panthers fan right, so there are certain right. teams like that we can just go ahead right. and like and we know what they are and whatever but then there are other teams that you know it's like different chapters of the season are are, mm-hmm. are extremely different from how things will be at the end um, certain units will like find themselves certain players will start will, will sort of kind of find themselves production will you know, if they're really down low, they might come up somewhere towards the middle or they're really high. They might come up somewhere towards the, the median expectations, whatever. So this is sort of a, a really fun part of the NFL calendar where we, we think we've got a handle on things, but right. we really might not in certain circumstances. So that's why that's why the sport's fun. And that's why it's engaging. I was talking to one of my colleagues, uh, Lindsey Rhodes, as a matter of fact, who um, who drafted Austin Eckler, I think, number two overall. Right. And she was yeah. all. Uh, before we got into oh, the yeah. week was was very, you know, furrowing her brow about, you know, Austin Eckler's production, how she wasn't happy with his usage and uh, his usage around the goal line, these kinds of things. And it's funny, you know, I go online, I go on Twitter and she's not the only person that's feeling this way. Like, oh, Austin Eckler's been a disappointment. No, oh, Austin Eckler's been this and that. And I, then I'm like, wait, has he really? Because I, I was like, I, I didn't think he was having a bad season. I go look at his game log. The guy's got double-digit PPR points each and every week, and he's the RB thirteen. And I'm thinking, this is the guy that we're talking about. <laughs> like, what do we? I don't. I'm so confused. Like, he's the RB thirteen. Then, of course, he goes absolutely ballistic. Right. Week four, and then to your point, where we all start coming back to you know median expectation. Guess what? After four weeks, I, I pro- he's going to be like a top two or three running back in in fantasy football once again. Right. Like delivering on his like draft price. It's like, this is how it goes. Yeah. This is all you want from your superstars. You want them to kind of survive, survive, survive. Don't give you any backbreaking weeks, you know, contribute to your fantasy team. And then 
boom, they hit you with this like just nuclear warhead of a week four. You know, this is what's this is what fantasy football is all about. He, he's currently the RB five uh, Austin Eckler on the season in, <laughs> in half PPR, right? So right. like the the standard like Yahoo scoring, right? Um, so no, that's exactly how these things go from a from a production standpoint and from a fantasy standpoint. I mean. I'm right. pretty happy he's coming off a big game. Okay, I don't have to ask him. Like, <laughs> so, buddy, so... what's the deal with the Sony Michelle thing? What's the, what's the, what's the, I, uh, I don't have to. I don't yeah. have to do any of that nonsense. Oh, there right. will still some, be some people like micro, like uh, psychoanalyzing, microanalyzing the, um, you know, the the backfield split and all. It's like, okay, come on, give me a break. But if you score three touchdowns, I don't want to hear it. Right. Um, like, I almost wonder if fantasy footballs become like too popular and we think about it and care about it too much. I mean, I don't want to say that because we all, you know, have jobs and careers off of it. Yeah, right? Make a living but, on this. Yeah. <laughs> you make a living on this. And I, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't have any other skills. Okay. I'm not, I can't yeah. do anything else. So maybe right. like, you know, I don't know, maybe be a professional fisherman, I guess that's like pretty much, I can't even really do that well. So um, like a life at sea might, maybe that's my only other hope here, but um I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Anyways, my point here is <laughs> like we the going? week, the week by week, like hyper focusing on, on what everybody does on a week to week basis. It's yeah, it, it, it's just, this is, you're right. This is how it goes. I mean, look at Justin Jefferson, man. Like, yes, he has 14 yards against the lions. You and Welcome I sit back. here and talk, you and you and I sit here and talk about, oh, man, what's going on with Justin Jefferson? Well, one, the freaking Vikings win the game. You know, he has, he has 14 yards. And then the next week he comes out and drops a hammer. Th- yeah. that's what you're right that's what superstars do for the most part I-, I feel like we've gotten a little too a little too spoiled maybe is is the way to say it like most guys go through peaks and valleys and of course we talk about it and we we analyze it and we break it down but it's just not that it's like it's not that surprising it's like when people ask me you know oh this guy's not doing this like are you panicked about it like no probably not like if he doesn't do i know i know that doesn't help you on the week to week like <laughs> sort of tilt or whatever but like let's see what happens at the end of the season man like that that's when we'll know if guys are good or not honestly i i think the week-to-week tilt is what makes fantasy football fun though you know that's why it's so popular is that because people do get get tilted oh my god speaking of tilted I am a complete dumbass, and in my league of record, huge buy-in, I left Alvin Kamara in one of my spots. I was like, Uh, I have to be the only fantasy analyst in America (laughs) to not wake up early enough to get Alvin Kamara out of my life. I'm a complete dumbass. Yeah, no, you honestly, yeah, you are a dumbass. Like, what what is your excuse? Because you- I'm awake- I mean, yeah. that's the thing. It's like, I'm awake. I'm like, I'm there. It's like, I, I mean, I get up at six, right? So it's like, all right, cool. I just, I don't, it's weird. Like, I just don't check my lineups like that early in the morning. Like, it's not part of my routine. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Well. Like, I get up at six, I'm looking on Twitter, blah, blah, blah. I'm like checking my emails. I'm like looking at scripts and all this other stuff. And like, and I, I like just didn't think about it. And then it's like, I got a random start sit question about like, okay, with Camara out. And I'm like, yeah, with Camara out. And I was like, Oh my God, Camara's out. <laughs> and I didn't change it out. I was like, it was so bad. Tough Anyways, scene, man. Sorry. James, the tea leaves I, were there. Get, I didn't read get it. no sympathy so from me. It was bad. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. I, it, and it, it, that was like the big hot topic this week too. It's like, Oh, should commissioners be allowed to swap out 
people on the West Coast who forgot to like, no, what are you talking no, about, no. dude? Like, absolutely not. Eat that bagel, dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's tough for you. It's tough for me. I mean, I'm in a huge buy and I, I could legitimately lose this week and go one and three. I'm in big time trouble. But even I'm not like you, you got to swap out my guy. It's like, no, that's stupid. That is absolutely yeah. stupid. Uh, how how soft how soft have we become as a as a people that folks want to retroactively take a guy out of their lineup okay i know but so get bad. get your Actually, ass out of you can do it from bed you can I you know. don't even have to yeah. wait you can yeah. roll up one eye open look at your phone and take him out of your lineup like i don't want to hear any excuses okay yeah. do what you need like have some personal accountability and do what you got to do. We have really gone down a rabbit hole here. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> the show that we're supposed to talk about, uh, I wanted to talk about the Steelers. I'm going to talk about Rashad Bateman, talk about the Bills as well. And then Colts fans, you know, we're going to try to get around to Alec Pierce and see, uh, see, is there a little, open the hood a little bit. Is there something to get excited about uh, with the rookie out of Cincinnati? All right. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. But let's start with George Pickens. Speaking of rookies, has George Pickens arrived? Went from two targets to seven targets to now eight targets here in week number four. One reception, three receptions, and now six receptions. Actually cracked 100 yards as well. Something that Deontay Johnson has not done this mm. season. 102 yards for George Pickens. Has he arrived in Pittsburgh? It's a great question. Uh, you know, we briefly talked about George Pickens uh, last week on the podcast. And, you know, I said I just started kind of charting his rookie film. And, you know, what I said last week remained true through most of the Mitchell Trubisky starts that they were just having him get his steps in, man. Like uh, he was wind sprinting <laughs> down there. I have, I don't know that I've ever seen a player run so many go routes. And I'm just talking like the lowest of low percent, which, you know, the ball's on that guy to come out and say, like, I'm open, you know, what did he say, 90, 99%? 99%, yeah, something crazy. 99% yeah. of the time, like, buddy, no, you are not. And it's not really your <laughs> fault, but, uh, <laughs> like, he, he's just running the lowest of low percentage routes. Uh, I think one of the things, you know, that was really holding him back was was that deep route percentage. I mean, especially from, you know, Mitchell Trubisky's standpoint, um, that you know, I think he showed a lot of promise, though, from, like, a route-by-route -route basis when you actually got to see him run some non-go routes I, I i'm really struggling to kind of put into words what the takeaways were before before this picket game and we'll get to that in a second because yeah he he's just really like i said just running go routes man it's it's absurd like the guy certainly was a collegiate deep threat right um you know he's a guy that like we saw him make that freaky catch uh, against the cleveland browns on thursday night right. football and he has catch of the year those, candidate for sure Probably, I mean, maybe yeah. catch of the last like five years candidate. It was it was that good. Um, I still think the Beckham catch was better. I know that was a big a big talking point, but you know, oh, it's a hundred percent. It was better. Why? Why are we? I, I don't even know why we're debating this. The Beckham catch was way better. I agree. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, but you know, nevertheless, like Pickens has those freaky catches like in his arsenal pretty much every single week. Just wasn't getting to see it a lot because like you know, Mitch Trubisky's not really give going to give the guy like a lot of chances down the field. That was one thing that I think Kenny Pickett to kind of move it into into that that area on Sunday. Like Pickett was willing to give his guy some chances. I mean, even. I I couldn't tell you how hard I rolled my like my eyes rolled in the back of my head on that Chase Claypool uh, Kenny Pickett's first interception. You know he had three interceptions, and I would say you could kind of give him a pass for two, at least like one uh-huh. and a half of the three. Uh-huh. And that 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 yeah. Chase Claypool one, I mean, dude, Chase Claypool, come on, bro, make a freaking play in a contested situation <laughs> once, just just once. I mean, for a guy who said he was like a top three receiver, he's like a bottom three receiver in contested catch situations. At least he has been in his first three NFL seasons. Like that's been his biggest weak point in uh, in reception perception. Like I've talked about Chase Claypool, he had a pretty good rookie season and just was one of the most disappointing players that was charted in 2021. Um, couldn't get separation, wasn't winning on a route by route basis. His technique <clears throat> was terrible. Um, but both of those seasons, he really struggled in contested situation. And I'm like, what are you doing, Chase Claypool, with the L shaped arm? Okay, like. You get your arms up there and make a play. Like even if you don't catch that ball, it doesn't yeah. have to. It doesn't help have to your be an guy interception. Out, man. Yeah, help yeah, exactly. help your guy out for God's sake. So yeah. um, that was really disappointing. And then no surprise that you know Claypool falls sort of to the, the bottom of the pecking order there, and Pickens continues to rise up because Pickens will go get that ball right. Like he's not oh, quite. God, yes, Jesus. He'll he'll go fight for it. Right. He's he's got a he's got that dog in him in contested situations. So <laughs> there is, that was yeah. really good to see. Um, and honestly, just it it was time, man. I I know Mike Tomlin was you know, kind of preach, preaching patience. Well, his patience ran out with Mitch Trubisky in the first half of that game. And, you know, Mitch was after the game talking about how he was upset to be benched. I mean, come on, man. I, I, I don't know what we're doing here anymore with Mitch. Like, he just – he's just a limiting factor. He looks like the same old quarterback back from the Bears and, you know, hadn't really taken any steps forward. And, and Pickett at least did fling the ball downfield. I also think, you know, Mitch has some wheels to him, but Pickett I think has more – functional athleticism if that makes sense like his yards 100%. per carry doesn't look great because he popped in those two short touchdowns but one of them was like an, an option play I mean he he can actually get out there and create um a little more than I think people give him credit for so I I think he just brings more juice to this offense overall uh the funny thing about Kenny Pickett is that every single pass was caught 10 of 13 <laughs> yeah his three incompletions were all interceptions right so um something that's going to mess me up for for the entirety of their careers, this whole Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, Pickett Pickens is just going to mess. I know it's going to mess me up. I know it's going to mess me up, but I want to go back um, a little bit on Pickens. All right. So what do you think the ceiling is with a player like Pickens? Well, do you mean this year or long-term? Well, both let's go with this. We'll start with this year. Look, my, my colleague, John Hanson, he's an ageist and he absolutely loves all young players or the, the the young players that he loves, he will tout to the moon, man. And, um, and he says it's not only is it George Pickens time, he is going to supplant Deontay Johnson by year's end as the guy to go to in that Steelers offense. I'm not willing to go that far. Uh, but what yeah. say you on Pickens versus DJ? Me neither. Um, like if he was that guy by the end of or or the beginning of 2023, I don't think I'd be totally surprised. Um, it Pickens over Deontay Johnson. But we, you know, you and I both agree that Deontay Johnson is a really good player. Right. Um, and, and 
like talk about meat left on the bone based on quarterback play. We know that's absolutely Deontay <laughs> Johnson. So, right. um, and I, I think Pickett, it is really going to be tough with Pickett Pickens over the course of uh, their careers there. In Pittsburgh, <laughs> but yeah, I think Pickett's you know strengths are getting out on the move and everything like that, but also just running more of a timing based offense and like getting rid of the ball quick. That's what we saw yes. in preseason, right? And I think that's really going to fit Deontay Johnson, but just less of like the pop gun style that we saw with Ben Roethlisberger over the last few years. So no, I, I'm, I'm not willing to say that he'll be the guy over Deontay Johnson by the end of this year. Cause I also don't think, I also don't think Pickens is really ready yet to do that. Like, I'm not sure he's there from a consistency standpoint as a route runner. I mean, I'm, I'm maintaining the right to change my mind on that because sure. I, I, he just runs so many go routes. Like I, I it's really, really hard to analyze him from, from like a, from the, the first few weeks or whatever, but Hey, um, real quick, going, has, going back to his, going back to his college tape though. Did you see enough variance uh, in his route running in terms of like areas of the field that he can do well? Right. So like, yes. yeah, it, for yeah. the Steelers professionally. Okay. So he's running these go routes. He's trying to stretch the field. He's being an outside X receiver running deep routes. Okay, fine. But where we, where I love DJ and Deontay Johnson is the fact that, okay, he could do that, but he could also run the short stuff. He could also run the intermediate stuff in, in, in the NFL, the intermediate area is where you make your money, man. So can George Pickens do that well? I actually think that he was underrated as a short and intermediate area route runner was George Pickens, which is why it's been a little frustrating to see him just used so much as a deep threat um, through the first you know, chapter of his NFL career, because I think, I think you did see the signs, especially for his ability to get off the line of scrimmage. He was third best among rookies charted or prospects charted coming into this year in success rate versus press coverage. Like he could get off press and get open in the <clears throat> intermediate areas for sure. I mean, dig routes, out routes, stuff like that. You could totally see that ability for George Pickens. So I think he has like number one wide receiver talent. If he irons out some kinks in his game, Okay. And I think we have seen some of the kinks early on uh, through the first part of his rookie season. But yeah, then you see him come in with a new quarterback and immediately jive. Like, I think there is some staying power there. I, I, you know, the problem with Chase Claypool, as much as I, I dogged on him, like, I don't think there's a scenario, you know, my colleague Scott Pianowski at Yahoo is saying there's a scenario where like they just completely remove pick, uh, George, excuse me, Chase Claypool from the equation. I right. don't necessarily know that I see that happening. So from a pure like production standpoint, it's going to be tough for all, you know, Pickens and Johnson, I think, to hit with a rookie quarterback on a week to week basis. Uh, but I do think there's a good ceiling for Pickens to chase this year. And then long term. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go so far as to say the sky's the limit, but I do think like number one X receiver type upside. He absolutely has that as player. Uh, I wanted to touch on Claypool as well. Um, we talked about Traylon Burks um, last week. Basically, you said he's basically learning a new position because he was an inside wide receiver throughout his collegiate career. And now Tennessee's asking him to play almost exclusively outside. We could use that exact same kind of uh, thought process with Claypool. No, last year, this is a guy that played, I think about 75% of his snaps lined up as an outside X receiver this year. I mean, he's probably North of 80% when he's lining up inside either in line tight or as a slot. Could the same argument argument be made there where Claypool is essentially kind of learning a new position? Yeah. Yeah, maybe, but he did do a lot of this stuff. Like, 
more so in the slot, you know, more off the line of scrimmage as a rookie than he did in his second year. So I think they've moved him around a little bit, but the the problem that I think, you know, not comparing the Traylon Burks thing, like it certainly is harder to go from a slot only player to an outside player. only player like Burks was trying to do and you know unfortunately Burks got hurt on Sunday so right um yeah I, I, which I think sucks like I think he really um I mean he does let off every fantasy analyst it was every single week like this is the trail of Burks breakout week like it does let them <laughs> off the hook they don't have to do that anymore um <laughs> good <laughs> that, that broken clock doesn't have, you don't have to try to hit that broken uh, clock or whatever um that's funny but uh, it sucks for Burks because he's gonna he needs these reps like he needs those live game reps to continue to develop as an ex. But I think it's harder right. to make the transition that Burks was doing than to go from being an outside guy to an inside guy, especially because Claypool has had reps as like an interior player most for sure the most this year. And I think that the thing I'm not willing to make an excuse about that is that like this is a this is a, a, a move out of necessity. Like you couldn't have Chase Claypool line up as a outside receiver anymore. He had to line up as a big slot. I don't think he's a hopeless player at this point. That's okay. why I think like he's going to stick around. Uh, like he's going to be involved in this receiver core. I just think like I am willing to sell any hopes and dreams. And I didn't really have much of them coming into this year that he can be like a consistent starting NFL receiver. <clears throat> this is the the Mike Tomlin way, which is basically he has his guys and those if you're a starter, you're going to play, I mean, damn near every snap. Right. Um, that's why we love him for fantasy. We know exactly who's going to be out there, you know, yada, yada, yada um, for the wide receiver room. I mean, other than the three guys we mentioned, there's really not a lot no, no, there. Yeah. Right. Like there's Miles Boykin, who played a couple of snaps, Gunnar Olszewski, who co- played a couple of snaps. So there's it's like if if you had this idea of Pittsburgh moving completely on from Claypool, I guess I I struggle to see where, how do they do that here this year? Maybe in 2023 they can draft or, or, or pick up somebody in free agency, but I I have trouble kind of envisioning that uh, for this season. Um, Calvin Austin was their rookie receiver that they drafted in the fourth round. Okay. Um, this past year, I really liked Calvin Austin in just in a sense of, oh, Calvin Austin was a guy who I think, you know, looks looks like, a oh, this is a gadgety only type of player. But it's like, holy hell, man, you know, he he goes up there. Um, he goes up there and gets it like he, he actually played a lot of outside receiver. You know, his, his reception perception profile is up on the site in like the mini roundup uh, samples okay. that I did for for prospects. So people should check that out. And like if he ever gets back from injury, because I know he's on injured reserve, but I think there's a chance he can return at some point. He's a guy to potentially think about as maybe their long term slot receiver because Deontay's locked up. Um, you know, George Pickens obviously is on a rookie contract. I think Calvin Austin did show real receiver traits, but still because of his size, I mean, he is tiny. He probably projects as a interior player. So just a name to file away in the back of your mind of like, okay, okay probably not. I, I would think it would be a long shot for him to be hurt and be a day three rookie and then come and make a bunch of noise this year, but like a <laughs> right. file away for long-term type of stuff. Okay. I did like Calvin Austin a little bit. I thought Kenny Pickett coming in cold. I thought I actually liked what I saw. And and again, yeah, I know he threw three picks, but again, I, I saw a lot of what we saw in the preseason, you know, really good. I think intermediate area of the field. That's where I get really excited for somebody like Deontay Johnson. I, and man, I just think that, I start this segment by saying has Chase or has George Pickens arrived? And and really the conclusion that I that I came to after watching the game 
is that George Pickens is going to help Deontay Johnson so much, man. You're going to now have a multivariate attack a little bit. You're going to have a quarterback um, that is obviously able to sling the rock in, in a lot faster, read defenses faster than what Mitch Trubisky was doing. I think he's going to keep the chains moving. I think that he's going to lift this, help lift this offense yeah. much in a way that Zach Wilson did on the other side, which is, look, Zach Wilson did not play well, but he's got <laughs> a trio of receivers that are help helping lift what he's doing. And whatever you think about Kenny Pickett, it's like that's what they've got with Pickens and Deontay Johnson there in Pittsburgh. I think those guys will, you know, obviously help lift the quarterback play. And you're hoping that Pickett's got enough juice, enough juice to help lift the offense as a team. That's what we're hoping here, man. So um, and I'm really hopeful. Like I said, I kind of sort of liked what I saw. I loved what I saw in the preseason. I liked what I saw there coming in relief, coming in cold. Um, at halftime as well for Pickett. So I think the Steelers have a lot to be excited about um, in the next few weeks here. I'm with you, man. I mean, we just needed a quarterback to come in here and get this offense moving a little bit. Okay, like enough of the little pop gun stuff, enough of like the little, you know, dump off routes and just the super low percent. I do think like Matt Canada, maybe not the best offensive coordinator in the entire world. But uh, we do need some a quarterback to come right. in here and kind of elevate things, that's for sure. 